Shawnee Dez wasted time right here on Vocalo Radio 91.1 FM. Did you hear the vocal, Chicago? Did you hear those vocals? Did you hear the instrumentation? If you didn't, I don't know what you was listening to. Oh, my God. And uh, like I said, I got a very special guest in here with me. Taylor Faye is in the building. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And most importantly, Shawnee Dez is in the building. Hey, y'all. Chicago. How you feeling on this uh this this gorgeous thankful Tuesday I like to call? It's a beautiful Tuesday. It's sunny outside. I'm chilling with family at Bocolo. Uh, my cheeks are burning from smiling so hard. I feel amazing. Oh, you about to burn them off today, Dina. You're going to keep you smiling. Now, as I, w- I took you back, right? I took us back to 2016. Yeah. I heard you say that song makes you laugh. Yes, it does. Why is that? It's one of those things where you hear where you started. You hear like this raw talent before you kind of know what you want. You know what you're doing. And um, it's just like looking at the journey. It just makes me laugh. It makes me smile to look back and be like 2016. That was 2016. That was a long time ago. And I'm like thinking about my life in 2016. Like who was Shawnee Dez? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it's laughing a good way. It's mostly like smile. It brings a lot of joy. Mm -hmm. That's great to hear. That is. And you say who was Shawnee Dez? I mean, who who was Shawnee Dez back in in 2016? She was trying to figure her life out. She was very um, excited and ambitious in the same ways that she is today. Um, but a lot more, I think, uh, being naive is such an important skill as a creative because you have to be uh, sort of blind and courageous to sort of step out into the unknown without fear. And that's who, that's who Shawnee, that's who Shawnee was back then too. Like very much, I don't have any music out, but I'm about to play this full 45 minute set at promontory (laughs) and hopefully people come and want to listen to me sing my one single wasted time and a bunch of other covers um and i think having that sort of um courage um and being naive in that way really has built me up to sort of where i am now you know like performing on a whim um i did the navy pier fest with y'all uh Mm -hmm. in 20 i think that was 2018 i only had wasted time out at that time too so it's just looking back, it's like, I'm just like, wow, wow. I mean, <laughs> and I have known you since seventh grade. Is it seventh grade? I feel like it Six, was, seven? it was, it was later. We, we met uh, when I was at Macaulay uh-huh. in high school. But I feel like in the backyard, I feel like that I was, was in the backyard. You were in the, so I, I, I play basketball. <laughs> Uh, my, I, my my whole life. And I had a hoop in the backyard. It used to be the spot where everybody would come through. Um, and I don't know how it happened, but one day, because Shawnee and I had never met. Never. Shawnee showed up in the backyard. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this is a cool house. Because <laughs> word just got around. People would just pop up. Like, <laughs> introduce themselves. We play five on five. It did, is what it is. Did, did, did she hoop? No, I was definitely a bystander because I have terrible I mean, hand-eye coordination. You know. I was like, y'all look so she get cool up a little and cute. Every once in you a know, while. I could do a mean D. Put me on defense. <laughs> don't don't give me the ball, but I could do a mean D. Hey. But since I have known Shawnee, Shawnee has been singing and deeply committed to music. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking about your roots, one thing that has always struck me in sort of watching you evolve through your career is 
how supportive your family is, how yes, hard they yes. go for, to, for you. Um, can you talk about like what that has been like to have that influence growing up, how they've sort of supported and shaped your music? Absolutely. Before I even started, I know they're listening. Hey, Mommy. Hey, Granny. <laughs> hey, Auntie Robin. Hey, sisters. Hey, all my family. I love y'all. I know they're tuning in. Um, it's it's one of those wild things where you look around you and you see that that's not necessarily the norm. Mm -hmm. And because for my whole life, that has been the norm. Like I have a really tight family unit, even in the sense where sometimes it can be a little annoying. <laughs> um, but my mom has been very um, diligent in sort of shaping my sisters and I to be a support system for each other mm -hmm. and also be a confidant and a support system for my mom. Um, and my grandma is the most like she will pray for anybody on a whim. Like if you came over my house right now, she would be like, "Yeah, this is my granddaughter Taylor." Like <laughs> she would literally incorporate your prayers, I like the that. things you need, into her prayer. And I think coming from a woman like that who has her arm around her family, her community, she's the matriarch of our family. She's the oldest person mm -hmm. in our family, and she's very young. We've experienced a lot of loss. And so I even think tying that into what legacy is, knowing that this life is fragile, knowing that we only have this one time this on this specific plane at this specific hour at this time. I think people come back. But at this time, it's mm -hmm. like we are very intentional about what sort of legacy we're leaving behind for the world and for our you know generations to come and I think when you're intentional about that and have that my your mindset on that goal as a collective you just feel that and so I even I feel like we cousins Taylor mm -hmm. like you know at the point at <laughs> which that's just how black families are y'all yeah, know that yeah. it's like mm -hmm. a survival it's survival for us like that is how we really navigate this world and so I'm just very thankful to my mom and my sisters my stepdad my dad my granny like my auntie Robin the force is so strong and I think I don't think I would be doing music in the way that I'm doing it if I did not have them as my support system mm. they have never questioned anything they're like the question is what time do we need to be there you know what I'm saying the That's question beautiful. is how can we support how can we show up and so uh, I'm so blessed. I love y'all. Now, like learning that your family had a hair salon um, on Stony. Yes. So yes. first, do they still have the salon? No, uh, they don't have the salon anymore. It was called Serenity Springs. My mom and my dad owned um, Serenity Springs when I was, I think I was probably, the grand opening was probably when I was about in second, first or second grade. Mm. Um, and it was right on... No, I went to St. Alby, which is 92nd and Stony. Their shop was on 89th and Stony, I believe. Um, okay. It was called Serenity Springs, and they owned it for quite a long time and then, you know, got divorced, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, but that was also a major step and in, in start in, like, just being a performer and being a communicator and, and stuff like and that. And I wanted to ask you, like, yeah. Have you taken anything from the entrepreneur background that you you know your family had? Because you were even hustling in the salon, you right? <laughs> I should I should throw a beat on. <laughs> hey, okay, Lily, I got a little freestyle in me, but okay. I've, I one hundred percent something that I always say is from my mom, my dad, to my stepdad. They're all entrepreneurs, so they all are business owners, and they've all worked for themselves for a majority of their life. And so I think even having that as a blueprint 
has sort of shown me that doing music and taking an artist entrepreneurial route is possible. And also I have the support of them because they know how hard it is too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, absolutely. I've taken a lot from them. So blessed. That, that look, that is a blessing to have. Like I I could like, since I first bumped into you, I felt the aura, (laughs) the energy and uh, you know, your debut album is out. Moody Umbra is out. And I want to get into a single off of uh, this album. Okay. Let me. Okay. The video's bananas, by the way. Yes. Thank you. Can you directed by me? Don't. You feel me? Per per. I mean, can you briefly break down the the visual uh, as well as the, uh, as well as the single before I get into it? Yeah. Okay. So let me. Um, we'll talk about the context of the song, whatever. But the video specifically was supposed to give this like office boss, like hustler, like just a baddie energy. And so I was like, let me invite all my friends to come and do this. And then we were trying to me and Tim Nagel. We're trying to figure out how we were going to make it all happen in multiple locations. And I was like, no, we're going to use one location, one look, and we just going to get a bunch of cool shots and we're going to have Aaron Taylor like edit it and make it look cool. And so it turned into casting call. It was the casting call was the theme. So Mm -hmm. I had them all come and pretend like they were like being casted for this like role in a video or a movie, whatever. It was very, like, guerrilla-style DIY, avant-garde, like, how we just going to make this work on this tiny baby, like, indie budget. When I say indie, too, like, some of the girls be saying indie, and they be having, like, you know, distribution, or they're, like, signed to an indie label. When I say indie, I mean, like, poverty indie. (laughs) Like, every single check that I make goes straight into the hands of my other artist friends to help me Mm -hmm. produce my vision. Um, but it was really nice working with Tim Nagel because working with, again, talking to you earlier about how sometimes guys are not as receptive to collaboration mm-hmm. and co-production. Every single idea that I came up with on the fly or before, Tim was so open to it. And so it really just allowed me to put on my director hat as well as like being in the video. My sister did hair and makeup. All my friends pulled up bad because that's just what they do. And so, you know what I'm saying? I gave them a little inspo. I said, come prepared. I know y'all going to do it, so just pull up. Um, But, yeah, directed by me. You feel me? Let me, yeah, get into it. I know what they say about me. When you face the truth, it's scary. It'll leave your lips wide open. So I had the, the pleasure of coming to your private listening session to listen to your new project, Moody Umbra. Um, it was a beautiful space to listen to a beautiful album. So I just want to start with the title. Talk us through what Moody Umbra means. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Love it. I love how Moody rhymes with booty. I don't know. Can I say that? <laughs> yeah, okay. of course. Moody so booty. that's <laughs> just like the first thing. Moody booty. We're not that A booty vanilla. which I don't have. But, you know, in theory, I in mean, spirit. In spirit, in we spirit, have something you there. Mm-hmm. You know, there. the Lord is with me. Um, <laughs> So Moody Umbra is basically, the first half is Moody. I'm a cancer. I have like six cancer placements on my chart. It's a lot, y'all. Like I am always changing because, as you know, cancer is ruled by the moon. The moon cycle changes literally like daily. Mm-hmm. So my mood is always like going up and down. And so... I was like, okay, I need to sort of embrace that and just like usher in being sensitive. I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's a gift. And then the second half is umbra. And an umbra is basically the center of a shadow. So when you see a shadow, that like black space in between a shadow is what an umbra is. 
And ironically enough, we just had a full moon in Scorpio. And when I was looking at the description of that moon, they talked about the umbra of that moon. Hmm. And so it's like, it was really wild. Full it was very that. full circle. It was May 5th. It was very wild. It was like 5552. Anyway, really into astrology, all the little esoteric things. That's like my life. But um, really, it's like dark and um, essential. It really plays with like the unconscious and the desires and just all the different things that we sort of hide away or try to tuck into, you know, our shadow. But when you think about it, our shadow is always with us. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you got to turn around and look down at your shadow and give it space to breathe and give it a, its playtime. And so that's kind of what this record is. So learn, because I, I ain't know what an umbra was. <laughs> Pretty sure some of us out there, man. Look, some of y'all have, some of y'all didn't, but now you know. Uh, learning that it's it's pretty much the center of a shadow. Yeah. I want to ask you, um, what shadow is centered around you? You know, like what yeah. what's your center shadow, your umbra? Yeah, I would say, again, like my umbra is very much rooted in, in sort of <laughs> I find myself trying to always, uh, I always ask people like how they feel around me when in reality I'm doing that like subconsciously because I want someone to like basically ask me how I'm feeling or I'll do it when I'm typically feeling bad. So I'm like checking in, making sure everybody around me is okay. And somehow it's like that is making me feel better because I'm like controlling the space. And so a lot of my shadow work revolves around like why do I feel the need to control everything around me why can't I just be in synergy with what's going on or remove myself or have boundaries um also like that sensual nature I think when you're coming into adulthood it's like this awkward moment when you're like finally starting to talk about your desires your sensual desires and like really tapping into who you are into those exchanges and so it's really all of that like mushy gushy cool like spiritual but like kind of like you know people older people might look at you and shun you for it but it's like it's a beautiful thing I think all of those things make us who we are and when we incorporate our shadow into our daily lives we have those things as tools versus having those things as weapons against us and so that's kind of my like mission in this life mm -hmm. is to really embrace all the things that I've been hiding and tucking away and just giving them space to play and have fun I love it Put yeah. some of that moody booty. Yeah, put that moody booty on me. I remember okay. that moody booty. <laughs> As you're speaking to, I mean, the album is yeah. has a lot of emotional layers, but it's also really sonically layer, layered from vocals to the production yeah. to instrumentals. So what yeah. are some of your influences? I feel like I heard like a lot of James Blake in there. Yes. Like what were oh your God, sort love. of musical yeah. influences as you shaped this? Absolutely. Album? I love that you said James Blake because James Blake incorporates a lot of um interesting sound design, mm -hmm. which I did do. Like at the last minute, I called in my friend Adlai and I was like, Adlai, can you please like just make this kind of juke song and put all of these like harsh, like metallic layers on it? Everybody who works with me knows that I'm like just so obsessed with like darker tones so mm -hmm. like anything that is a sub like you know juke culture is very heavy in Chicago mm -hmm. I love a sub I love a bass 
keep the hi-hats to a minimum because it's going to hurt my ear. I want to feel it in my solar plexus. I want to mm-hmm. feel it in my root chakra. You know, I want to dutsy wind or, you know, post somebody on, up on a wild and juke them. You feel me? <laughs> I want a juke party. That's the next, that is the next iteration. We're going to have a juke party Let's for this it. project. Okay, oh, I'm going to just say that. Is, it's popping in my head right now. <laughs> because I want to have a juke party real bad. But um, sonically too, like, I have really tapped into myself as a producer and a vocal producer because for mostly every song I try to use my voice as an instrument Mm -hmm. so a lot of the songs they will start off pretty bare bones and I'm like how can I make this interesting before we bring in other instruments let me use my voice in some of these pockets to make some of these waves and these sort of pathways um I really love vocal design but very much so influenced by um, a lot of this record is also inf- influenced by Tom York. Um, he had a soundtrack that he produced for a movie called Suspiria. Um, and Tom York is a part of Radio Here for folks who don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody here knows that. But um, he was very like into how do I just build this world that is every song can be different, but it's all in the same world. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of really tapped into that where it's like, I don't really want every single song to sound like the first or the other, but I do want it to all sound like it's happening in the same world, in the same universe. Um, And so, yeah. Now, before we jump into a music break, yeah, you know, I've learned that the process of this project for you Mm -hmm. took like three years and some change. Yes. So, how did you know, excuse me, how did you know this project was finished? You know what? I did it. You know, and you as a creative, as an artist yourself, I know you know this, but there just comes a time where it's like the work will never be done, but you can't spend all of your energy putting all your work into one thing. You have to give yourself a chance to grow. You have to give the people that support you the opportunity to watch you grow And then you put the things that you learn from this project into the next one. So for me, it's like there's a few songs that I'm like, I want to go back and remix them or change up the vocals or pull some things out, add some things on. But then it came to a point where it was like I have to have discernment and knowing that now is the time to release. It's just a time to let it go. That was really what it was. It was like, let it go, Shawnee. Stop trying to control everything. Be in synergy. Mm. For real. Mm, mm, mm. Man, you know what? I got a joint loaded up Chicago off the, <laughs> the debut album. It's called Rinky. Yes. Absolutely love it. Uh can you can you can you break down Rinky before we get into it? I was gonna say if you're on Lakeshore Drive right now, this song is for you. And if you're not on Lakeshore Drive right now, go and find it when you get on Lakeshore Drive and play it. <laughs> this song is called Rinky because of the rink on 87. The beginning of the way it starts, it reminds me of when you could hear James Brown playing from outside of the rink. So when you're outside, you hear it in an EQ where it's like, you just hearing it from outside the club. That's what me and Eddie call it. You hear it from outside the club. But that's what this vibe is. Enjoy it. It's supposed to just take you down memory lane. It's supposed to be a beautiful moment for you to just babble on Lakeshore Drive. Go ahead, get your skates, put them skates on, 
and head over to the rink, man, and enjoy yourself. That's Shawnee Dez right there. She's live in the building with us right here on Vocalo Radio. And uh, we were talking about your album, right? And you spoke on, I don't want to mispronounce the movie that influenced. Oh, it's uh, called Suspiria. Suspiria. Yeah. Now, learning that, Mm-hmm. Are you, when it comes to films, yeah. are you more of a horror girl? Oh, 100%. I don't like anything. <laughs> it's kind of dark. I don't really, it's weird. I love suspense and horror and like thriller. That's like, I don't know. I guess, I don't know why my brain is like that, but that's what I love to watch. Because yeah, I'm like, I'm not a horror guy. Oh, it's okay? very like scary. This This movie <laughs> is, this film is very like, in so many different ways, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the art and the create the creative aspect of it is so hmm it is just so refreshing like i think again it's like sometimes going into that like darker like scary space can also just illuminate so much more creativity it doesn't have to be negative like light and dark exist for a reason um always obviously don't harm people don't do nothing crazy but when you're on that creative quest or that journey it's okay to like do some of the things that might even freak you out because that's how you learn about yourself. Um, but this movie is incredible. I recommend watching the one that I think it came out in 2014. Okay. There's one from 1974 and then there's one from, I think it's 2015 actually. Um, and Tilda Swanson, I think that's how you say her name. She stars in it. And um, I'm plugging them way too hard, but I just <laughs> want y'all to know I love that movie. If y'all ever listen to this, Mia Goth is in it. The day that I was talking about the record, I was in L.A. and I was having lunch with the producer, with Eddie, and I was like, you got to go and watch the movie, listen to the soundtrack so you can know what the inspo is. Mia Goth walked in two minutes after I said that and I almost threw up. I promise you, (laughs) I promise. It was Mia Goth and Shia LaBeouf. They walked in together and they were sitting like as close as me and you are, Taylor. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, universe, knock, knock, I hear you. So... One day, y'all going to hear me as a sound designer for a big film. And we're going to hear your music in films, too. Period. Let's get You know it. what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and I know it's going to be a movie Thursday. You oh, know what yeah. I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be a movie because you turning up uh, Lincoln Hall. <laughs> yes. Lincoln Hall Thursday, 7 o'clock. Show start at 8. Trinity Star Ultra opening. Kari opening. And then we all going to hit the stage together at the end after my set. So it's going to be a really big, just like, Chicago communal moment. That's really what the show is supposed to be. I can't wait. And you know, as we talked about, like we go way, way back and you've been making music for forever, but this is your debut project. This is your first real like full length project. So when yes. people show up in two days to see you perform, I mean, what yes. are you really hoping that people take away from this? Oh, that's such a good question, Tay. Um, I really hope that people take away one of the the biggest things about this project is I wanted to approach it in the way that visual artists approach their work. Mm-hmm. And so when you go to an exhibition, you go to the Art Institute, you go to MCA, blah, blah, blah. When you go into these spaces, you go in with an open mind to just experience what the artist created. You don't necessarily go in to critique it or to say whether you like it or hate it. And what I want people to do when they come to the show is just step in and experience the moment and be present. Like, y'all could be on y'all phone, you know, take some videos here and there, but, like, really tap into yourself and see what feelings are coming up for you. Um, I'm trying to usher in more experiences where we can sort of zone out and be in our bodies. 
and just be together. I'm, I'm going to do a neighbor moment for all the people who go to church. I'm going to tell you, look at your neighbor <laughs> and say, neighbor, I see you. I love you. You beautiful. Because we need more of that in Chicago, too. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really just trying to usher in ways that we can, like, really come together and share space intentionally. I mean, I feel like you you have, right? Black Joy? Black Joy ride. You know? We, we riding out on uh, Saturday right hey. after the show. It's a lot going on, y'all. We riding out on Saturday with uh, Social Works and Swerving Through Stress, um, Chance and G Herbo, nonprofits. Saturday on the South Side, 40, uh, 47th and King, 12 to 4, Black Joy Ride. Meet us over there. We going to be pedaling through the city. I know that's right. <laughs> I mean, while you got you know while you got the listeners' attention, please yeah. let everybody know how they can you know grab tickets to the show as yes. well as how they can come out to Black Joy Ride. Absolutely. So y'all can grab tickets to the show directly on Lincoln Hall's website. Um, so go to Lincoln Hall's website, or if you follow me on Instagram, my Instagram is at Shawnee Dez, so S-H-A-W-N-E-E underscore D-E-Z. And my the link is in the bio. It's hot. It's ready for you to click it and to go and buy that ticket and buy some tickets for your friends and just pull up. Um, and then there's also a link there for you to join the ride with us with the Black Joy Ride on May 20th. Like, we activating space all year round. What, how, however y'all can join us, just join us. We just want to be together. That's it. <laughs> and you started Black Joy Ride back in June 2020. Can you tell oh folks God, a little yes. more, like, what what was the impetus to start that and yes. what, like, the mission of, <clears throat> of that is? Absolutely. So, as you know, 2020 was really tough for a lot of people because we were seeing sort of, um, we were just seeing all of these different wounds of America sort of erupt at the same time. And so for me, I struggle with a lot of anxiety and depression. It's also Mental Health Awareness Month, and that's what the ride this month is for. But during that year specifically, my depression and anxiety was through the roof, and I needed to just be around friends and family and strangers. I really needed that for myself. And so what I was like, if I need this, I'm sure other people need this. And so I just put out an ask to tell people to pull up downtown and ride with us to the South Side to do Sabu um, African-American History Museum. And pretty much the premise of how it has developed over the past four years now, this will be our fourth year, mm-hmm. um, it is really to call in awareness to some of the socioeconomic and environmental inequities that take place in black and brown neighborhoods. When you see cycling in a neighborhood, you see people out walking, running, walking their dogs, biking. That is an indicator that it's a healthy neighborhood. And I want to usher more of that into our neighborhoods. I want motorists to be comfortable seeing cyclists out there. And I want black people everywhere in the world to take up as much space together as they can because we hear we have done so much beyond I can't even express how much we've done and when we take up space together we so powerful we really raise vibrations and I just want all the black people in Chicago to know that I love y'all but everybody could come to the ride it's not just for black people (laughs) (laughs) is is there a way uh you know to donate Absolutely. There's a donation link on uh, blackjoyrideshy.com. So just go to blackjoyrideshy.com and on there you can donate down at the bottom so we can pay these marshals to protect us. I know that's right. Hey, you got to also let people know how they can follow you and stay in tune. Absolutely. So I am on Instagram at uh, shawnee underscore dez, S-H-A-W-N-E-E underscore D-E-Z. I'm also on Twitter. I might be a little problematic. Y'all can follow me on there, but I'm going to say what I say and who's going to beat me up for it? Nobody. Um, but y'all can follow me on there if y'all want to. 
Um, and y'all can also catch me in these streets. I really do be outside as much as I can. And so also follow Black Joy Ride on Instagram at Black Joy Ride Shied up at Black Joy Ride Shy. I think that's the Instagram child. Anyway, <laughs> I know it's I'll, in your bio. Too. It's in my yeah, all the all stuff in my mm-hmm. bio. Just go on and click a little link and link. A <laughs> <laughs> hey, Moody Umbra is out right yes. now, Chicago. Y'all go on here, run them streams up. It's Shani's day. De- it's Shani Dez's debut album. And I got a Umbra loaded up. I love this record. Well, I got a, that's a lot of records over here that <laughs> I, I rock love with. <laughs> you can sing. That's the, you, you, Thank you, you. You you can really sing. And uh, I'll be pulling up. Please. Thank you. I'm so excited to see you.